Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that we'll be talking about personal experiences with depression. It's a really great episode, and I promise it's not all doom and gloom, but I wanted to give you a heads up in the event that you are struggling with or are sensitive to this topic. If you're struggling with depression, please seek help from a licensed health professional. again, Awkward Peeps. I'm your hostess without a co-hostess, but that's okay because producer Max Lieberman is joining us today. And I always love when I get Matt to join me in conversation. And he often does, though it's usually after the recording stops. In fact, he's asked some pretty interesting questions after recording that I sometimes wish we would have gotten on the record. And hopefully we can get him to chime in a little bit more in the future. Mac works hard behind the scenes to edit, coordinate episode releases, and keep the podcast on track, and in general, just try to keep me from going insane, too. We have some other undercover team members, too, that I really love to give recognition to. Jeff, our graphic designer, creates all the wonderful images that you see in each post, and I really feel like Jeff has had a sixth sense when he picked the color scheme and the images for the podcast, because every nonverbal part of what he does has been nothing short of perfect. So we also have Lexi. She's kind of our social media specialist, if you will. She taught me how to Instagram because I didn't know how to Instagram before. So she's taught me some things about Instagramming, which makes me kind of sound really old. We also have Griselda. She's just kind of our mastermind over all of the marketing. She really contributes a lot in terms of a vision and helps kind of give a different perspective and get me outside of my my mind. Whenever we've had um, discussions about different episodes that are coming up, she's given some great perspectives that I would have never thought of before. So I want to shout out to her too. And then of course, Mitch, the mastermind behind starting this podcast to begin with, he continues to just encourage us to stop doubting everything that we're doing and just keep having fun, showing everyone how much the industry has to offer. And then, of course, uh, we have another guest that's going to be on our show today, and we'll get to her in just a second. This episode, though, marks the end of season two for Awkward Insurance, but don't fret because we're not going to be gone for long. In fact, I think it's like a one-week release hiatus. <laughs> we'll be back real soon, I promise. And I think we're going to make a tradition out of just bringing Mac out of his hidey hole and kind of going through some of our favorite episodes. I would really love to get your perspective, Matt, on the episodes, the guests, or maybe just the process. This is your time to have the airing of grievances in terms of Seinfeld. Isn't that, what, isn't that the start of Festivus, is the airing of grievances? It is. <laughs> so if you want to make this your airing of grievances before we go into our next season, maybe we can make it all the more better. Mac and I, like I said, we're going to have another guest today too. We're welcoming Kat Ferris back to the show today. Our season two co-host is back. And Kat, my sweet, how are you? I am doing fine. And I'm just so happy to be back and looking at you and Mac on the screen. And it's making me happy. It's also making me a little sad. I don't know how to feel about this right now because there's a lot going on. And I said before we started that I feel like we're just back in the swing of normal business, but we're not. 
you're here strictly yeah. as a guest, not as a co-host, and for good reason. So what's going on in Cat's world? Let me just say, I'm, I'm really flattered to, that you asked me to be a guest. It really means a lot. The last few months, I have been on medical leave. And uh, I'll admit it's something that's a little difficult to talk about so publicly, but we've had episodes where we've talked about neurodivergences and mental health. And so I think it is important to be transparent that I've taken leave due to my mental health. So I you know, have been sick with major depressive disorder, and it is something that has really, um, basically, I couldn't keep going anymore. My, my body and my mind just stopped. You know, I had been tired for a long time. And when a lot of people hear the term depression, the first thing that comes to mind is the emotion of, of sadness. And I think it's important to recognize that it's not a matter of just being sad. Because you know me, and and you know most of I think a lot of our listeners know me. I'm not typically a sad person. <laughs> I really like my life for the most part, but you know depression it definitely slows down your brain synaptic functioning in a lot of ways. And I've noticed a gradual decline in my mental abilities over the past year or so. But honestly, just thought it was part of getting older. You know, and especially with COVID, the past few years, everybody's just kind of been like, eh, yeah, it's this. And, and mm -hmm. granted, a lot of the world has also been dealing with depression as well. But I just kind of uh, unfortunately got to a place where I physically could not function anymore. I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase crippling depression, but that's what it's become. Uh, it's very, been very frustrating to feel like I can't walk almost because. So how long have you been in that state before today? So, you know, in talking to my doctor, again, it seems like the, the depression, the, the symptoms of the depression, you know, were, a, for the most part, a very slow burn over the past few years. Again, just things I just chalked up to aging. You know, oh, it's taking me longer to remember things. Mm -hmm. Since the beginning of 2022, the beginning of this year, my memory really just started getting worse. And I'm thinking, do I have Alzheimer's? What's going on? And I would start losing just complete conversations that I've had. And then I noticed anytime something even remotely stressful would happen, I would just think to myself, like, oh, I don't want to be here, as in I don't want to exist. And I didn't necessarily want to hurt myself. I didn't think of myself as being suicidal or anything. I just thought, I don't want to exist anymore. Oh my God, I just want this. I want to go to sleep forever and just shut everything down. You know, everything just became overwhelming. Until I would say in the beginning of March, unfortunately, those thoughts then continued to a point where I started imagining what it would be imagining ways to let that happen. And that's when I knew, whoa, I need help. Uh, fortunately, I've already had a psychiatrist for my ADHD, and I only saw her once every four or five months just to get my ADHD meds. But when those thoughts really got to a dark place, I was very fortunate to already have a doctor and say, hey, this just happened. And, you know, <laughs> I don't think I need to check myself into a hospital, but maybe I do. I, I don't know what, what's happening. 
And again, I'm really lucky because I already had a psychiatrist I had an established relationship with. So many people don't. And it breaks my heart to think about what would have happened if I didn't have a doctor that I was already working with. I would probably still be on hold <laughs> trying to find somebody who could see me. Yeah, that's that's a very real issue, to be honest with you, the availability of mental health services in general. And so I, you, I'm so thankful that you've had someone available to you already. That's the best case scenario, right? Which we can come back to in a, in a minute as to why mental health services are needed even when you're not in the middle of crisis. It's the maintenance plan, if you will. You go to the doctor annually to have everything checked up or you should if you don't. <laughs> I kind of feel the same way about mental health as well, even if it's just somebody that you're checking in with, you know, once every three months to just kind of you know, give them a rundown of this is what's happening, this is where my mental state is, you know, or to seek advice or whatever. But when you don't, when you don't have that established already, the availability of mental health services right now is seriously strained. Yeah. It's about an eighth month wait here in Austin. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, and that's ridiculous. I'll tell you, if I had to wait eight months to get help, I I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's what I found here too. We have a, a family member that's struggling with depression and trying to find services for that family member. It's like, I, I called a therapist that we're already involved with, but because it's a new patient, it, it'll be a nine to 12 month wait. Excuse me. Like, uh, how is, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, can you put me on a list for the next available appointment? Um, so I'm really thankful that you've had somebody available to help you with that, which brought me to my next question of, you know, all the time that you spent in that space, how are you today? So I'm doing better. In depression, there are three phases of the recovery. So there's the acute phase of depression recovery, which is what's like, I'm seeing doctors multiple times a week. Fortunately, I didn't have to check into any facility uh, because I, I, I assure them, like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, like, I really don't want to hurt myself, but these thoughts are happening. So I did get to stay at home and just visit the doctor multiple times a week, working with both a psychiatrist for my medication and a psychologist for cognitive behavioral therapy, which is to, designed to try to reprocess some of the, the thought patterns. Um, in my head. So in the acute phase, I'll tell you, if I'm not going to the doctor, it's a lot of sleeping. Every day I had to give myself badges for doing the most simple things like, hey, I got up and brushed my teeth today. That's a gold star. Or I was able to unload the dishwasher. That's a gold star. Every task, every mental function was just so hard. And so the, the second phase of recovery is what's called the continuation phase. And from everything that I'm, I'm told, this could still last another six to eight months. The continuation phase is like, okay, you know, you've got the, the medication right. You're in a good place. I only have to see the doctor once a month now. <laughs> so that's good. But in a lot of ways, I have to train myself how to walk again, so to speak. It's retraining myself just to have daily routines because 
and again, everything is just physically hard. So I've had some days recently where I felt neutral and neutral's good. <laughs> I was like, I'm so happy to have a neutral day. I feel like a normal person, you know, not someone who is paralyzed by this invisible illness. So um, I'm, I'm happy to be in this place now. And it's, uh, I, I, my mental capacity is still not at 100%, but I'm, I'm able to start strategizing and planning at a high level. Okay, what, what do I want things to look like six months from now? It is really hard, though, when you've been such a high achiever for a long time, or, you know, you've, when you're someone who's always wanted to be successful and do well, it's been really hard to not work. And then there's this part of my brain that tells me, well, I'm not working. I should do more stuff around the house or I should take this time to do. But I, I literally can't. My, my nervous system has no fuel. Let's talk about that for a minute. The decision that you made, that's a huge, that's a huge decision to make. You not only like took leave, that's one decision to make. Mm-hmm. But tell us about the ultimate decision that you made. So getting the medical leave, you can do that up to 12 weeks. And I just kept having this anxiety as, oh my gosh, am I going to be okay to go back at the end of the 12 weeks? Am am I going to be capable of doing that job? And that just continued to add to this anxiety. And then I really had to do a lot of kind of soul searching um, again with a therapist and think about, okay, well, what, what about my career and my job do I love? You know, what, what things do I want to continue doing? And doing this podcast has been a big part of that and having meaningful conversations with people. And Dustin, I love some of the, the episodes that we've had this season and having real conversations and, and talking to people about some of their struggles and their mental health. And I, I've decided that I, I want to be more within a health and wellness space. I, I need to be in a place that allows me to also pay attention to what's going on with my own body and my own nervous system. Because I think for so many years, I've just ignored it. And, and Dustin, we've talked about this too. We live in a hustle and grind culture. And especially working with insurance agents and producers, this industry really does um, glorify Again, let's let's work, 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 and get it done. And that's great for a lot of people, but I, I can't. It, it's not for me. I think we see. Yeah, I think right next to when you took your medical leave, there were a few things that were kind of evolving at the same time. We were just off of that one city world tour conference. We had had some discussions about conferencing and what we would like to see as women in the industry in terms of conferencing um, and representation if you will. We were having, I think we had had an episode with Sarah Mooney's, mm-hmm. um, which in that episode, I pronounced her last name wrong. <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> uh, which we could talk about that episode too, but that was one of the episodes that we had had right around the time uh, that you took leave as well. It's a struggle. And you're right, this industry in particular, I don't think it's just our industry. I honestly think it's, the business industry mm-hmm. in general, the, whether it's banking business, financial services, it's entrepreneurship. It's, there's this around that time, there was a post 
there were several posts, honestly, through social media of the hashtag hustle and how to do that or hashtag the grind or grind or whatever. And they weren't always healthy portrayals of a work-life balance. And I don't want to say work-life balance, to be honest, because I feel like that's overused so much because work is part of our lives and our lives are also part of our work. But yeah, it, it does. It does become a struggle and it's kind of a plague. It is. And, you know, and again, I mean, I, the insurance industry has been great to me for 22 years. Yeah. You know, it really has been. And I, it's still an industry that I would encourage a lot of people to consider, you know, and, and to do so intentionally. There are some people out there that with boundaries, it, though, with, folks, boundaries. with boundaries, with mm-hmm. boundaries, with boundaries, with everything, with boundaries in marriage, with boundaries, with kids, with boundaries, with family and boundaries with work. You know, you can be a hustler and really get a grind and be truly amazing and, and successful without without neglecting mm-hmm. parts of yourself that are going to put you in a mental health crisis. Right. Yeah. And then I think, you know. Over the past year or so, again, the, the business industries all over, you hear a lot and talk a lot about just burnout. And and I thought, you know, for a while that Ooh, maybe this is wish. just burnout. I'm Google it really quick while you're talking. I'm pretty sure that burnout was just added to the DSM. Really? I think so. Keep talking. Right, yeah, to Google it. But I mean, but but burnout too is also something that's so easy to dismiss and be like, okay, you just need a vacation. When was the last time you had a vacation? And so I did all that. I was like, okay, let me take a vacation. Let me do this. I just kept thinking, this is just burnout. This is just burnout. I need a break. Mm-hmm. And again, once my thoughts started going to a darker place, uh, and even when I made the decision to no longer work, it's not like, okay, everything's better. Let me quit my job and then I'll be cured. I mean, that's not it at all. I, I'm still not in a place where I can work in the capacity in which I want to. And again, it, consider this a public service announcement or, or whatever, but especially because it's so hard to find a mental health practitioner, if you're feeling even a little bit of burnout, mm-hmm. please, please, please try to find somebody now. There had been days where I didn't Now have- with the expectation of eight to 12 months. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there were days where I did not trust myself to get in the car and drive. So it's, yeah, it's just take that burnout a lot more seriously, please. Okay. So burnout is not in the diagnostic, uh, the diagnostic statistic manual of mental health disorders, otherwise known as the DSM-5, but it has been established as a, as a legitimate justification for sick leave in some countries, mm-hmm. not the United States, because the United States behind on mental health. <laughs> but yeah, that that's there. I think there's been a lot of awareness around burnout and I'm so um happy. Let's I want to kind of move past a little bit, get to the fun part of yes. this. Not that I want to not to, not that I want to push past mental health or anything else, but I I'm so thankful that you were able to recognize that in yourself. I am incredibly in awe of the decision that you made because I know for sure just the way my brain works. If I were faced with such a decision, I would struggle with it because everything I know in terms of responsibilities and what makes a successful adult and what's kind of indoctrinated in us as children, from your parents to school to college, you know, what makes a successful working adult is working. Yes. (laughs) You know, Um, Mm -hmm. so being able to recognize something in yourself and 
so thankful that you had a mental health professional there to help you with that as well, that you were able to come to the conclusion you just needed to change course completely. Mm -hmm. Like throw up the sails and find a new wind kind of thing. But even though I am changing course, it still takes time. Like I'm still in my recovery. And, you know, there are some classes that I'll be taking, but I won't be starting until the fall because I still need time to build up those neurons in my brain again. Build those beautiful neurons. It's really great to see where you're at now and your hopeful sort of practical approach to it. And you deserve all the credit for being able to realize and admit that it wasn't just burnout. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. This really works with the other podcasts we've done, too, because I think it's it gets people thinking about uncomfortable things in a new and hopefully a better way. Like uh, the, like the long-term care episode we did was one of my favorites because it reframed and brought a little attention to kind of a difficult topic. Yeah, I, I truly loved that episode as well. And I think it it was really valuable, to be honest with you. I had received some messages, some personal messages afterwards from friends and family that said that, you know, it's a conversation that they knew they needed to have, but haven't had. And it brought it back to the forefront of their mind. I think everybody knows they need to have a a conversation about the what ifs in terms of your care and the scary parts of, you know, who's going to take care of you and and whatnot. The uh, on the, on a flip side to that one too, though, I think that was one of our first episodes that we put a disclaimer on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I think it was the first one. Yeah, it was one of our our first trigger warnings or content warnings episodes. Um, And we got some super positive feedback on that as well, because you just never know where somebody is. I'm betting we might have to put a disclaimer on this one, too, because... Of course, yeah, we can do that as well. But I mean, that was a learning process, too. Uh, You know, in terms of the topics that we get into in insurance, you just never know where somebody is. Um, mm-hmm. in their life or in that stage at that moment. So I I really enjoyed and I, I just kind of enjoyed Kelly anyway. She's so much fun and so sweet. So, I mean, that's that's kind of where insurance really meets the road, meets our heart, meets our interest, our personal dedication to what we do, which I think is why it, to kind of tie everything back, that's why it's so easy to achieve burnout because we put our entire selves into what we do in the insurance industry. And I'll, you know, I'll say, you know, just from the personal line standpoint, I don't have a ton of experience in commercial lines, so I can't attest to, you know, how personal those connections get. But with personal lines insurance, what I loved about it was that it brought in some of the aspects of being in the hospital. When I worked in the hospital, I got to sit down with people and have random conversations about them and their family and their kids and whatever. And that's what personal lines insurance did for me. I just, I poured everything I had into it. So burnout, burnout is very easy to achieve. So uh, yeah, thanks for that tie-in to an episode, Matt. Any other episodes you particularly enjoyed? I know I loved our Meg McKean episode. I was good. Because I'm just a Meg McKean fangirl. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are after that episode. <laughs> Yeah, and and again, not to not to put blame on anybody, but uh, depending on how you want to look at it, I look at it as thank you for this inspiration. You know, having Meg share her story as well is something that really resonated with me, and also just made me ask myself what is important to my life and what's important to me. So it's just such an inspiring individual 
And, and I think regardless of whether or not somebody is in insurance or in a different industry, I think that there's a lot of good takeaway and good value they could get from listening to that discussion. What episodes did you connect to? I mean, there's so many to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I remember one of the one of the episodes that just comes to my mind just as far as having the fun discussions about it and all your puns, Dustin. <laughs> I know which one you're going for did already. Did you catch the cannabis webinar that I did? Please tell me you did. I know you were on leave. Yeah, yeah. But I was so proud of you. Um, no, that was that was just fun. You know, and it was a fun discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think also for me having that commercial background, I was so excited to have a commercial person to talk to. And and I think Kieran was great. And he also gave a lot of really good information for those agents out there that think at the very least there's something actionable that they can do. There's a resource for them right at the end of that call. Yeah, absolutely. I agree that that was a fun episode as well. And that's kind of just, I was kind of out of my depth on that one, again, because I don't have a commercial line focus. So it was you and him. And, but and you, whatever, all but... that wordplay, that was all you, my friend. I even had you... so my husband being an <laughs> English teacher. He's like, those are some pretty good. I'm like, I can't take credit. That was all <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> You should have been here for the development of the cannabis <laughs> webinar. Oh my God. <laughs> I was dropping puns in all the team's <laughs> chats. <laughs> you know what other one I really liked? I really loved the cease and desist guys, the glove box guys. Mm-hmm. That was, yes, that was fun. I loved that episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. I definitely had fun with them. <laughs> what did we get out of that one? Uh, Lepping? No. Um, oh, the slugging. Slugging. Yeah. Slugging. <laughs> Which, I mean, doesn't my skin look being good? I'm just going to say. Are you still slugging? Oh, like once every week or so. I, I have to remember to do it like before I wash my hair. I only wash my hair like twice a week. So I have to remember to do it when I know I'm going to wash my hair the next day because otherwise. Right, because it gets in your hair. Well, honestly, that, that I'm not honest, really working. Have you tried or... slugging? <laughs> not yet, but it is on my to-do list. Yes. <laughs> I have to see your glowy, um, your glowy complexion the day after. So make sure you put me down for a meeting that day. Okay, can do. Now, what else did we get out of that one? We got dainty, something about dainty wrists, wrists too. Yes, because I did the, I used the micro needler. Micro needling. That's right. Micro needling our wrists. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm no, vain. That, that was if, definitely. If, if, if people have not discovered this by me yet, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm relatively vain i'm not the vainest but you know i slug my face and i micro needle i would have never matt do you have any scars no i uh micro needed them all (laughs) (laughs) good response i would have never thought to micro needle a scar to be honest with you because i just i have absolutely no self-care regimen other than taking a shower on a nightly basis (laughs) and going to sleep that's it no, that that was definitely a great and fun episode as well. The the glove box guys, I they're just they're priceless. They're a, and I say adorable. They're adorable together. Say adorable. The two brothers, the two brothers Matheson. Um, no, they were definitely fun, and I truly enjoyed getting to know them both at their One City World Tour conference and on the podcast as well. And hopefully, we'll be able to see them around again. What else do we have for season two? To be honest with you, Kat, when I found out that you weren't going to be returning, um, not just to the podcast, because I thought maybe you might you might come back to us in the Nashville Alliance, but maybe take a break from the 
podcast because you know, honestly, if I'm being real, the podcast is a lot. It's but it was my it's been my favorite part. I love the podcast. Absolutely. It's absolutely fun. And I this for me, I I am an I am an introverted extrovert. I do not generally talk to people easily until I know them or somebody else has introduced me to them first. I'm not usually the first to introduce myself. Um, so this podcast for me has honestly broken that mold for me and gotten me to have conversations with people I would have never had conversations with before. I would have just stayed in the background. And I think that everything that I want out of the podcast, to be honest, is to have guests on here that would have never had the conversations otherwise, that there are perspectives that they have that people like me, the introverted extroverts, <laughs> need to hear. But you're so good at it. And that's something that like, I have to say, I've just been in awe of you. Uh, I'm going to fangirl for a moment. I fangirl over Dustin. Don't do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, and, and you've, especially, you know, in the beginning of my leave, you know, I appreciate just how sensitive you've, you've been and supportive you've been, but there's also been an, you don't need me. That, and, 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 because that's not true. Well, I need you <laughs> and I need Matt. Well, we don't need Matt in our lives. <laughs> in fact, there was a, there was a particular episode, which we shall not name, but there was, and it turned out beautifully. Oh my God. It was so amazing. There was a particular episode that was such a struggle, but I bought Mac a tumbler because <laughs> I did not want him hating me for the rest of forever and promised him that I would never make that mistake again. <laughs> and, and, and my reparations for that was a, was it a Mando tumbler? Is that it was, what we settled on or what you said? It was a Mando tumbler. It was completely unnecessary, but it's my new favorite cup. So <laughs> no, you say it was unnecessary. Trust me. When you think back on your career 10 years from now, you're going to realize that that tumbler, it should have been bigger. <laughs> like, and that episode, to be honest with you, oh, I wish I could name it, but I don't want to. That episode was freaking awesome. Mm -hmm. And that particular, I was so wrapped up in my head after that episode that I felt like I was never going to be able to interact with that guest again. And I, after that episode was like, oh my God, I would like to have that person over for dinner. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The editing genius of Mac no, uh, just kinds. shown through in that. And nobody's going to recognize it except for you and me, because we're the only ones who know. And and when you listen to it, I don't know if you've listened to it yet, but you should listen to it if you haven't listened to it. And I'm going to say listen to it one more time. Now you're making so much of a mystery. Everybody's going to start trying to figure out which episode. They're going to go back and listen to every single episode. <laughs> That's my point. No. OK. Yes. Please go back to the beginning and listen to every episode. No. It was amazing. Mac. You were amazing. And you proved yourself so big time. Well, thank you. All right. I'll get off the map. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was just pivoting so that I would stop fangirling over her. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because I get uncomfortable in the fangirling and I try <laughs> to turn the attention on somebody else. <laughs> Go back. Yeah. Now, I've truly had so much fun um, on season two. I um, am so thankful that we had the opportunity to bring you into the show and just lean into you. You made season two so much more comfortable and so much more fun. And the perspectives that you brought 
brought new life perspectives to me even. Um, and that's everything that I want to happen when I have conversations with anybody is just to be able to have a different perspective that I didn't have before. I think today has been kind of a perfect way of illustrating and punctuating your time on the show. You've always been so much fun and open and warm, and it's just added so much to this season's episodes. Thank you. Um, if you'll forgive me, it's getting a little dusty in here, or somebody's <laughs> cutting onions. I'm little prickling. So I was going to ask if you're I'll crying because you. we're trying to make you cry. Yeah, right? yeah no, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and at least this time, it's not necessarily a sad depression cry. It's more of a, oh, kind of touched and speechless no thank you I really I really do miss miss you guys and I um you know as I had said I think I said before the call uh before we started recording you know I've really I'm retired from the insurance industry you know again I've loved the industry I have no plans to work in an agency or work for another company and uh isn't that weird to say at such a young it, age that you it is it from is. an industry that just sounded really weird to me Pat. i know i know um but it's so uh, yeah so as part of that retirement and just trying to move on i've you know i started unfollowing a lot of insurance related pages and i unsubscribed to all the insurance podcasts that i've listened to except for awkward insurance thank you so because yes, <laughs> i miss you guys <laughs> We miss you too so much. So you unfollow or you unfriend? Unfollow. So I, I unfollowed the insurance related pages. And, then, you know, I was I was following lots of, um, you know, industry organization pages and things like that. And my Facebook. Feed Do you feel is, like there's a hole in your news feed? Oh, or is Facebook like, no, we're going to keep sending you insurance? <laughs> <laughs> I, trust me, Facebook finds other ways to market to you. So, um, yeah. And honestly, part of my recovery, too, has been not using social media mindlessly. You nice. know, and I, I would say for like the first month that I was on leave, I hardly used anything just because, again, the mental energy that it took from me, I, was like, I can't, can't do it. Mm -hmm. So no TV, no news, no social media. I was just trying to detox from everything. But now I'm back to social media, not to insurance. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that we had a chance to get you back on the show and just kind of figure out what's been going on with Kat. Thank you both so much for joining me on this episode. Like I said, when I started, I completely enjoy when I'm able to get Matt on an episode just because I enjoy his friendship behind the scenes. I enjoy just everything that he brings to the episodes that you guys don't get to see. So I'm so excited that I was able that today and I am going to make sure that this happens at the end of every season. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'm <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Um and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that you were able to join us again, Pat, and I was able to see you again. And I think I started hinting at it at the beginning that it just it felt like you were getting back on to do business as usual again. But this, I'm at the same time I'm saddened knowing that it's not this has been a great chapter. Yeah, this has been a great chapter and, and thank you. And um I do miss you guys, and um, but yeah, there there will be interesting things to come. So a great chapter, a great season. Yes. Thank you so much. Can I say it one last time? Yes. Toodles. Toodles, everybody. Thanks for hanging around and listening to another awkward conversation in insurance. Stay tuned for new episodes from Awkward Insurance wherever you listen to your podcast. 
And be sure to check out the National Alliance on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or at SCIC.com. Now go forth and be awkward. Toodles!